0: Hello again. This is Daniel J. Hogan and welcome to the Magic of Airy podcast, brought to you by magicofavery.com. In our last episode, Steve and Uncle Shameless were saved from drowning by a pelican lady named Era. After pulling them from the water, Ara used a healing potion to fix Uncle Shameless's wounds and told our heroes that she was on her way to Uth, the last human village, which is where Steve and Uncle Shameless were heading as well. Back at the Hawk King's castle, Nevik was taken before Fiakra himself by Unala, his second in command. Nevik told Fiakra of Steve's appearance, and the Hawk King demanded to know who had been in charge of the gate guards that evening. And now, the next exciting episode of The Magic of Eri. <laughs> Magic of Avery the podcast written and produced by Daniel J Hogan based on the novel The Magic of Avery by Daniel J Hogan To learn more about the novel please visit magicofavery.com or danieljhogan.com And remember Harry is spelled E Y R I Episode number 11 The Trial Remet and Kaz sat in the city square near the statue of Fiacra, enjoying some personal time until their next shift at the gate began. Kaz was sharpening his sword while Remet worked tirelessly sewing sets of blindfolds.
1: "'You're wasting your time,'
0: Kaz said to his Hawkin companion.
1: "'No one's gonna buy your silly blindfolds.'"
0: That's what they said about the fella who invented the writing quill, and look what happened to him.
1: "'Wasn't he branded as a heretic and forced into exile?' Yes,
0: but before that he had a nice house. And besides, it was eventually accepted. Of course, that was after the execution. Kaz shook his head and went back to sharpening his sword." Remit looked over at the Swanton. Given any thought to my offer? Kaz sighed. I don't know. Come on, you can invest that money you're just sitting on into my company. I'll even make you an even partner. Kaz shook his head. He was unsure of giving his hard-earned money to the enterprising Hawken. He did not think there would be much of a market for sleep aids in Duraga even with the noisy and bright wall of fire. Haven't you noticed that I've been even more alert and relaxed lately?
1: No, but I have noticed you have been more annoying.
0: Remit ignored the muscle-headed Swanton. It's because I've been using my own blindfolds and earplugs. I've been getting a good night's sleep for the past couple nights. Kaz was about to say he would consider trying Remit's wares, when suddenly... (laughs) The two warriors stood at attention as four members of the Royal Guard and a Hawkin officer landed in front of them. Kaz and Remit looked at each other nervously. Remit discreetly hid the blindfold he was sewing. The Hawkin officer, clothed in a chainmail vest and a long black cape, unfurled a small scroll and began reading, "'Guardsmen Remit and Kaz, you are hereby summoned to the court of the Hawk King,' On charges of... It wasn't my idea, Remit pleaded as he pointed to Kaz. He was the one that said we should sneak into the kitchen and steal that gruel. Kaz sneered and stuck his face next to Remit's.
1: But you were the one who came up with the plan to do it.
0: The Hawken officer gave the pair a confused look. This is not about stealing Groot. Wingless Brute, Remet shouted at Kaz. Mama's boy. Remet's eyes widened and his hands closed into fists. You leave my mother out of this.
1: You know, I never thanked your mother for the meal she gave me last time I stopped by. While you weren't home, Kaz
0: fired back. Remit jumped at Kaz and tackled him, implying a Hawkins mother fed you while they were not around was one of the greatest insults in Hawkins' society. Yet no one really knew why. Historians had been unable to pinpoint the origin of this put-down, because every time the question was raised, someone was promptly punched in the face. The pair began fighting on the ground, throwing punches in between insults. The Hawkins officer crumpled up his scroll tossed it to the ground, and sighed. Lexa put the last of his belongings into a large sack and tied it shut. He had been busy packing up all of his possessions and hoped that he would finally get transferred out of Daraga. Lexa had even announced that he wanted to sell his home in hopes of making a little extra traveling money. His house was nothing special. It was the basic adobe cube on a tall pole that all other officers of his rank were given, Still, he thought to himself, it was worth a shot. There was a loud knock at the door. Ah, a prospective buyer. Lexa opened the large, circle-shaped front door. Hello, Lexa said as a pair of royal guardsmen silently stared back at him. Lexa loathed the royal guard. Their silence always made him uneasy. Lexa stared at the guards for a moment. I'm guessing you two are not here about the house. Lexa looked over the pair of identically dressed elite soldiers. Which is a shame, because the two of you make a cute couple. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast, a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan. Copies of the original novel can be purchased through magicofairy.com and amazon.com. You can also download a PDF of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicofairy.com for more details. And remember, Airi is spelled E-Y-R-I. At the throne room of Arx Venator, Remit and Kaz were led inside by a group of royal guardsmen. After escorting the captives inside, the guards returned to their places along the perimeter of the rotunda. Remit and Kaz were terrified. They did not know why they had been brought to the castle, and laws changed almost daily in Daraga, mostly depending on Fiakra's mood. Remit and Kaz stood nervously in the pool of light pouring through the hole in the rotunda at the base of Fiakra's throne. Remit's eyes darted around the throne in panic. He tried not to look at the Hawk King, but his gaze kept landing on the pair of burning eyes sitting in the shadows. Unala stood in front of the pair. And began to speak. Gate gods, Kramit, and R- Remit, sir. Unala's eyes widened at the interruption. He stomped over and stuck his face near Remit's. How dare you imply that Unala is wrong? Unala is never wrong. Unala is infallible.
1: Uh, you never fall
0: down? Kaz asked. Confused by the word. What? Unala replied as he moved over to Kaz. It does not mean Unala never falls down. But just for the record... Unala looked over at the court scribe, a determined raven with a writing quill sitting at a nearby writing desk. Unala never falls down. After Unala's exclamation stopped echoing around the rotunda, he continued. It means Unala is never wrong. Now, where were we? Unala walked back to his place near the throne, too busy looking over his parchment, and took a bad step on a loose stone on the floor, tripped, and fell over with a loud crash. Unala landed on his keys. I guess
1: he is fallible,
0: Kaz whispered to Remit. The awkward silence was broken by the court scribe ripping out the last few pages of the court record. Remit thought he heard a disappointed sigh from high atop Fiakra's throne as Unala stood up and brushed himself off. Unala continued as if nothing had happened. Gate gods, Kramit! remet. Unala stormed over to the court scribe and shoved the parchment into the raven's face. "'Is that a C or an R?' he asked the court scribe, who was also in charge of writing the daily guard schedule. "'That is an R, wingmaster,' the raven answered, as he quickly added their conversation to the court record. Unala examined the parchment again, carefully. "'You call that an R?' Unala is not impressed with your so-called quill skills, scribe. This is nothing but chicken scratch. It is not chicken scratch. Why not? Because I am a raven. The court had a 20-minute recess while members of the Royal Guard went to fetch a new scribe, as Fiakra chastised Unala for wasting a perfectly good one as well as the court drummer. Twenty minutes later, they tried again from the beginning. Unala stood in front of Remit and Kaz at the base of the stairs leading up to Fiakra's throne. Now, gate guards... He pointed to Remit. Remit. And... Unala pointed to Kaz. Kaz. Good. You are hereby charged with... Whatever we did, it was his idea. Remit
1: pointed to Kaz. Whatever we did... It was his plan, Kaz pointed to Remit. Grounder! Mama's boy!
0: The pair began fighting and continued insulting each other on the floor. Unala ripped up his parchment, crossed his arms, and sighed. Fyakra ra brought everything back to order by ferociously slamming the butt of his spear into the ground, <laughs> causing the rotunda to shake. Unala, once again, fell down. After everything was brought back to order... Unala quickly questioned Remit and Kaz about letting Steve and Uncle Shameless into the city. Did you let two humans into the city? Remit and Kaz gave each other relieved looks. Oh, is that what this is about? Yes! Yes, we did. Kaz answered with a nod. Why? Do you not know of the prophecy? (laughs) (laughs) Sort of... Then why did you let them in? Unala demands to know. They said we had to. Unala's jaw dropped. You let a pair of humans into the city because they said you had to? Why? They couldn't tell us.
1: That's right. They said it was classified.
0: Over the next few moments, the new court scribe grew tired of writing curse-deleted over and over into the court record, as Unala expressed his great disappointment with the two guards. Unala then asked the pair to explain themselves before he had them thrown into the pit of big nasty things. Remit and Kaz took turns retelling their encounter with the charismatic Uncle Shameless and the quiet young Steve. And then he said, I've been thrown out of better places than this dump. And he demanded to see our supervisor. A dump? He dared to call Daraga, city of flame, jewel of Fiakra's kingdom, a dump? Of all the nerve, if Unala ever finds this human, Unala will... Unala glanced over to the court scribe. What is a dump? Anyway, he asked the scribe. The loon shrugged. Unala looked to Remit and Kaz to see if they knew. They also shrugged. Remit continued. So I went to fetch Lexa, our supervisor. He returned with me and made the choice to let the humans into the city. Kaz nodded again and added,
1: Yes, and Lexa said he took full responsibility. In a blur of motion,
0: the throne room doors were thrown open, Remit and Kaz were tossed into the hallway, Lexa was pulled into the throne room, and the huge doors slammed shut. <sighs> well, we got out of that one, Remit said with a sigh of relief. No thanks to you, Kaz said, glaring at his partner. The sound of the fight in the hallway was drowned out by Unala's reading a lengthy list of Lexa's recent failures. Lexa, tried to hide his smile. Unala is not pleased with your recent habits, Wing Commander Lexa, Unala said after reading several minutes worth of screw-ups, mistakes, and blunders. Lexa decided he better play up the part of a lazy commander in front of Unala and the Hawk King in order to guarantee his reassignment out of the city and away from the ever-annoying Wall of Fire. Well, I just haven't been in the mood to be a good commander lately, said Lexa. Unala was dumbstruck. He had never witnessed such apathy in a Hawken officer, at least not since the last one he transferred to a zoo-forsaken post in the southern sunny regions of Aery two days ago. The recent trend of Hawken officers getting transferred out of Daraga to escape the sleep-inhibiting wall of fire had not caught on with Unala. He chalked all of their blunders up to the current crop of young commanders being part of the same lazy, shiftless generation. Unala secretly loathed the younger generations of Hawken warriors, secretly in the sense that he only complained about them in a normal tone of voice, instead of his usual yelling and he figured they were all lazy and took the kingdom for granted because none of them had actually fought for it over 300 years ago. It never occurred to him that all these officers and warriors were being incompetent on purpose, only to get away from the distracting wall of fire. So, you do not deny that it was you who let the humans into the city? Lexa nodded calmly. Yep, I did it. Even after one of the humans referred to our lovely city as a... As a... Unala glanced over at the court scribe. Dump, answered the loon. Yes, a dump, Unala hollered as he turned to face Lexa. And you let them in, knowing of this the boy person mentioned in the prophecy? Lexa slowly nodded again as thunder cracked in the sky outside the castle. "'Yep,' Lexa replied indifferently. Unala clicked his beak and flapped his single wing on his back repeatedly out of frustration. "'Treason!' Unala yelled. "'You knowingly let in this the boy person, the one destined to free all of Eri from the yoke of tyranny!' from atop his throne." Yakra grumbled. Unala realized his poor choice of words and quickly tried to remedy his mistake. Um, uh, according to the ridiculous Ukde-loving present-buying followers of Zah, of course— your yeah. Highness. The Wingmaster quickly added, bowing in front of Fiacra's throne several times. Lexa liked where this trial was going. He might even be kicked out of the army for what he had done. Lexa wished he had thought of treason sooner. If he was kicked out, he could do whatever he wanted. Lexa had thoughts of opening a nice nest and breakfast on the coast. A nice adobe cube and a big tree with a good view of the Ralk Sea. This was going better than he had hoped. Unala walked up the stairs to Fiacra's throne, and kneeled at the hawk king's feet. Fiakra, favorite of Zu, hawk king of Airi, Unala, wing master of your armies, charges wing commander Lexa, with treason for allowing this the boy person into Daraga, city of flame. Unala took a deep breath before continuing. <sighs> Fiakra, bringer of fire, wielder of the spear of zoo, what punishment do you pass on to Lexa? Unala was getting tired of having to list all Fiakra's titles whenever they held court or during other formal and informal occasions. The Hawk King was fond of them, and Unala felt that every week he had to memorize another batch of extravagant titles. The worst of it came on the 22nd day of summer, when Unala had to read all of the Hawk King's titles at a lengthy, long-winded tribute for Fiakra's Hatch Day. This always resulted in Unala losing his voice for days afterwards, much to the pleasure of his staff of underlings. Fiakra stood up and walked slowly down the stairs until he was halfway down, the large wings on his back cast an equally large shadow upon Lexar each of the Hawk King's heavy steps echoed throughout the rotunda. Fyakra pointed the Spear of Zu at Lexa. Kneel, he commanded. Lexa obeyed, figuring it would be the last command he was ever given. Lexa looked up at Fyakra's cruel face. The Hawk King's blank, fire-filled eyes glared back at him. The Hawk King's hefty, muscular body was outsized only by his large wings. Unlike other Hawken, Fiakra wore no armor and was bare chested, garbed only in an elaborate loincloth that reached to his knees. Then there was the scar, the terrible scar that ran through the Hawk King's left eye. Wing Commander Lexa, because of your repeated incompetence, Fiakra said. His deep voice reverberating around the rotunda. You are stripped of your rank. You are no longer part of my glorious army. Lexa looked up, doing his best to hide a smile while he thought of night after night of uninterrupted sleep far away from the wall of fire. I accept this punishment, favorite of Zoo. I shall leave Daraga at once. Lexa stood up, wondering if he had time to sell his house before leaving. Fyakras snapped his clawed fingers. Several royal guards moved to block the exit. Two more came over and grabbed Lexa by the arms. I was not finished. Fyakras spoke softly, yet with a sinister tone. Lexa started to panic, wondering what else the Hawk King had in store for him. The disgraced wing commander tried to move, but the royal guards tightened their grip. Fiakra raised the Spear of zoo and gripped it with both hands. The obelisk-shaped stone head of the spear began to slowly glow, its color quickly changing from its normal stone gray to a glowing red-orange. A hissing sound filled the rotunda. Lex's eyes widened, and he dropped to his knees as the head of the Spear of zoo burst into flame. For your trees. You shall suffer the greatest punishment. Fyachra spoke as he pointed the spear's tip at Lexa. I should have just bought one of Remet's lousy blindfolds. Lexa whispered as a stream of blazing fire shot from the spear of Zu. This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Eri. Make sure to join us again next time... What will a Hawk King do next? Where are Steve, Uncle Shameless, and Era? Are they in danger? Find out in the next thrilling episode of The Magic of Aerie. The Magic of Aerie, the podcast. Written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. This podcast was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information or to buy a copy of the original novel please visit com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, ARI is spelled E-Y-R-I. And as always, thanks for listening.